what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focusing on home technology, helping provide you and our fellow brothers and sisters in tech with some assistance and discussion along the way. Passwords. We use them every day. Maybe not be the biggest fans of, of having to keep up with them. And I'm sure we've probably lost quite a few along the way too. But they are important pieces of our online personal security. And we're here to talk about the current state of online passwords and what you can do to help manage them in the future. Hello, everyone. This is Alan Jackson, one of the two brothers in tech uh, here on this podcast that you're used to, along with Brian Jackson as well. Brian, how are you doing? Good, Alan. Alan, I am doing well. It's been a long time yeah. since we've seen each it, other, right? It has. It yeah, has it's been so a long, interesting. Long yeah. Time. Yeah. And it's funny, you are wearing the same clothes that when I saw you last time, and you're in the same location. In, I think same I'm with you. The same clothes. Man, so okay. that's COVID. really I'm going to blame on COVID. I'm going to blame my COVID. I wear the same thing every day, anyway. So. Uh, we just we we we've settled into our uniforms here in the uh, the post COVID world. <laughs> That's so right. Uh, That's right. Well, Brian Jackson, my brother, my real life brother, he's a professor of kinesiology at Pacific University and a product director at Synaptic. And uh, I am uh, Alan Jackson, as I mentioned. Uh, produce a lot of online content with uh, my company, Jackson Creative, and also perform some survey research uh, with my other group, Jackson Insight. And uh, today we're here to talk about something kind of uh, interesting. It's not something I think uh, you know people are maybe necessarily clamoring to to want to learn all about, but it's become oh, so Alan, important. This is exciting. People are talk super about. excited about this. Yeah. Yes, and we're going to be talking about passwords, talking about all your online passwords and kind of the state of passwords right now. And we've got somebody to kind of help us talk about it. We brought back our guest. We he did such a great job on our last conversation that we booked them on the calendar. We said, all right, we'll schedule you in for the next episode. Let's have you back. You must wear the same clothes. You must wear the same clothes. I got the memo. got the memo. (laughs) And sit sit in the exact same space that you were last time. Yes. And uh, let's let's record a second episode together. So how are you doing, Uh, Mike Jaraci? It's good to have you here again. It's great to be back. Thanks, everyone, for having me back. Uh, I missed you guys. Yeah, yeah, well, well we you know, it's been a long, it's been a long week, Mike. It has. Uh, it's been a long week without you. So glad to have you back. And, uh, and honestly, I thought it would be really good with this idea of passwords, you know, to bring someone in who, Mike, I think you told me your password is password, it's right? Bad. Is the word one, password. One, two, three. Is, password, one, two, three. One, two, three. Yeah. Okay. One, two, password three. Because, you know, sometimes you have to have a number. So. Right. Yeah, right. right. One, two, yeah. three. Exclamation yeah. point. So it'd be, right. If you have to have a symbol. Exclamation <laughs> point. Okay. For that special so case, all all um, three hundred of them. Uh, that's someone a, that truly yep. knows yep. how to be secure online. Yep. And now Mike's systems have completely <laughs> yeah. been hacked. <laughs> oh look, my bank is empty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike is a professor of media arts at Pacific University with a master's in IT management, with his areas of specialty in project management, information design. Uh, so again, just make good sense. I think uh, Brian, you and Mike both work. 
at the same institution and we you do. guys uh, have we to do. deal with a lot of security, obviously, with anything you do online, as do any other business uh, pretty much these days as well. So let's talk about passwords. Let's talk about the kind of the state of online digital security because it has evolved. I, I dare say anybody who spends a lot of time online is probably now realize that they're having to do extra steps to protect their own password than maybe they were used to doing in the past. So let's explain what was happening with passwords. And uh, there are some tools out there that can actually be some, could be some great resources for helping you manage your, your passwords. I don't know about you guys, but I did the, I did the, the, I did the scary thing one day of going in and looking at the, the tool I use managing all my passwords to see just how many passwords I had. And it was frightening. Um, and there's no way my human brain will ever be able to remember all those passwords and uh, a combination. So anyway, it, it's becoming, I dare, I don't want to say it's becoming a problem, but it is becoming something I think is becoming more important to manage nowadays than, than probably ever before. Yeah, so so, so yeah. really with the, well, you know, with the constant threat of identity theft and hacking, you know, they, they do say that you, these, this idea of the strong password being, you know, at least 14 characters and uppercase, lowercase symbol number. No one's going to remember that. I mean, like, like Alan, I, I think I have like 480 passwords in my password manager. Mm -hmm. I don't remember half of them. All I have to remember is the one that gets me into my password manager. And I just think that, uh, again, the, the, the average user, or maybe, yeah, the average user is, is actually going to default to a really simple, stupid password, right? Because they have to remember it over and over and if it's, you know, if it's 10 characters or eight characters, whatever the minimum is, and it, it, in, in this day and age, it just, it seems like a risk when there are so many good, easy and free, because if you weren't here for the last episode, I'm the cheap one, uh, free, <laughs> free tools to help you get control yes. of your, of your uh, online security. Yeah. Yep. That's and I true. think, and I think it's important just to kind of set the stage here that we're talking, we know that this is a frustrating thing, right? It's frustrating for me. The number of times I forget a password and I have to kind of enter it in four times to try to remember which one I was using. Uh, I'm the one who actually I was using a password manager. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I'm not doing that anymore. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about why why we need to use passwords. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's security. Right. It used to be a simple password of, you know, five, six characters was fine. You know, people were entering in. It was just a way to kind of assume that it was you. Well, there's a lot of people with bad intentions out there, right? So the once they started realizing, well, all the things that we really care about, bank accounts, um, the uh, access to uh, lots of our personal in uh, information, all those things can be accessed if you can find someone's password. And then we start getting bots out there that will basically just run through and look for, you know, uh, passwords that they can find or break into a company grab all their passwords and just start using them in different places to try to see whether or not they can hang, gain access. So, I mean, the, the, the downside is that, yes, we have to have passwords and we have to have multiple passwords and we have to have multiple access points to those passwords. The positive is that we have those things because we're getting digital access to lots of information, right? I mean, we can also like we couldn't do before, we can also go to a website and all of us can get all the information we need of anything, our emails and our personal info and our bank account info and transfers. 
you can do those sorts of things, but that comes at a price. It comes at a price that you need to have some security. So, um, so I think kind of importantly, we talk about, you know, yes, we get frustrated with passwords. Yes, it feels like something that, why don't I just use the same password over and over and over because I don't really care or I'm not that private of a person. Everything about you can be accessed uh, if someone can gain your password. So, um, so I think that is a, it's an important topic for us to talk about. Yeah. It may not be an exciting topic, but it's a very important topic. Yeah. And just, just to reiterate, like, you know, really at, at a very basic level, it's your email address and your password that, you know, keeps, keeps your banking information, your healthcare information secure, your family information secure, and your email is out there. I mean, we can assume that everybody's email is findable at this point in the, right? Uh, in the, in the world of tech. So really, if they have your email address, then all they have to do is figure out your password. And again, as somebody that back in, you know, a decade ago, it was, you know, the name of your dog or your kid's birthdays, that is nothing to a hacker, right? That is nothing to a bot. If they have your email address and they know, you know, that you own a dog or that your mom's birthday is, you know, April 20th, there's, you know, it's going to take them under an hour to, to crack it. And that's, that's our most personal information. So that's, that's what we're here, I think, to talk about is how do we, how do we protect that without killing ourselves? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's really the question. I mean, that's the thing is that I get, I talk to so many people that get so frustrated with having to keep up with so many passwords. And I mean, I get it. I, I get frustrated too, but yeah, what's the alternative? Um, we, we use the same password for every website. Well, that's obviously going to be a problem and that's easy to, to, to hack. Uh, if you get the one password, you can get them all. Um, or, you know, we, we don't use strong level passwords and then we just run risk on that as well. So, I mean, we don't really have a choice, right. <laughs> you know, it, 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 we have to use passwords. Now, what I think at least has been interesting is the evolution or the, the shifting of everybody to the, the whole two factor authentication. Yeah. You know, I think that's the two FA you probably maybe seen it online, refer to it that way. This idea of beyond just a simple password, it's now a password plus something else to help validate you. Um, with that password. So uh, as it implies, the idea of two-factor means something else has to be provided beyond just your username and password. So I know that Apple has kind of moved as much of their work to two-factor. I know Google has done that. Mm -hmm. Um, Some systems are still opt-in, meaning they'll ask you, would you like to turn on two-factor authentication? And, you know, there's a lot of people who don't don't want to do it yet because it is it is more of a hassle sometimes to actually have step. to deal with that. It's another step. Um, I mean, it's purposely another step, right? Two factor meaning at least two steps as to what you're doing, right? So, Alan, list uh, just uh, for for people that may not, they may be the ones who opt out of that because they just don't understand how that works. So, give us an example of two factor. Sure. So, like, so the what, idea how of, would you how would it happen? Yeah. So, two factor basically is this idea that it, re- it requires. One of three, one of three things in addition to your, your username and your password. So you still have to enter username and password, but then it's going to ask you to validate or verify some other way using some other thing. And they can either be something, you know, which could be like a secret question. You've seen that. That's probably the easiest quote and the most common for a while is just, okay, we've asked your username. We asked you your password. Now we're going to ask you also a secret question that you set up in advance. So that's one other piece. Probably the easiest for a hacker to still try to figure out how to crack would be that secret question. 
The other thing that you could use as validation is something you have. And this is what's becoming a lot more common right now is your phone, uh, maybe a, a dongle of some sort, a credit card or something, I, I, you know, something that it can use that you it knows is going to be in your possession that you can use to validate on the spot. So that's when you enter in your username and password and it says, okay, now I'm going to send a code to your mobile phone that I we have on file as being your validation uh, object. And you just need to enter in the code that comes up on your phone. Obviously, the idea is that if you don't have your phone with you, uh, you're not going to get the code and you're not going to be able to log in. So that's kind of the way they, they handle that. I've also seen where some services issue you dongles or some other kind of mechanical thing that you actually have to kind of press like or key a, like in key, to kind of, key. yeah, mm-hmm. to validate it as well. Um, the last piece is something that you are, which is the idea of biometric fingerprint. Uh, if there was a really high end system with optical scanners or anything else, it's something that kind of has to be on your body that you can now use as a verification on that two factor. So it has to be one of those three things. Obviously the higher it goes up that list I just mentioned, the more extreme and harder to crack it is, but it's still better than just a simple password is the idea. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think people, people would be, once you, once you start to understand how smart these hackers are and, or at least how much technology they have behind them, you know, when they have these systems running, going through thousands and thousands of possible passwords within seconds, right. To try and grab something that works. um, Then you start to get a little bit more understanding of why the harder I can make it for someone, the better, right. I want to make it harder. Now, yes. Is it going to be harder on me? Absolutely. It means I can't just go in and say, click once and be able to see my bank account. I got to click once. I got to say something else. I have to answer another question or I have to have them call me. Um, So it gets to be frustrating when you're trying to do things fast, but always keep in mind why that's happening, right? It's it's better than the alternative, right? So Alan, you you mentioned kind of two-factor. I mean, sometimes they'll call it multi-factor authentication, right? And there's lots of different ways in which that happens. So, you know, Mike and I work at a university. Um, We we were recently kind of shifted over to a, an authenticator application. Mm-hmm. So what that means is, you know, anytime we log in, we log in through maybe our single sign-on, which is through Google, uh, to be able to get access to anything uh, within our system. Right away, we'll end up getting a code sent to our phone, and we have to accept to say, yes, I, that is me. And then that allows us to log in. Uh, you know, one of the beauties of that is if I have an Apple Watch, it comes on my watch. So I can just click on my watch and say, yes, that was me and be able to, to get in there. It's pretty slick, pretty simple. But there's a downside, right? I mean, Mike and I, are in, it, it, we're, we're professors, so we teach, you know. So we're going to a classroom. We're logging in, projecting information. But we realize we left our phone in our office and now all of a sudden we can't get into those online sites in our classroom to be able to do what we wanted to do. So yes, there's a downside. It means you have to then keep your phone on you all the time. You have to have some other sort of access to it. But it's one of those things that we just have to get used to, right? Until biometrics get really, really good, you know, and every computer has the fingerprint scanner and has the iris scanner and has the, you know, the chip implanted in our arm that is going to, you know, be held close to the computer until those things get to that point, right? Passwords are still something in your brain 
is still the one thing that they can't really tap yeah. into quite as easily. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So maybe, maybe we ought to talk about, you know, just at the bare bones level, some tips about passwords, right? Okay. So, I mean, we, we joked at the beginning with Mike, right? You know, password, password one, two, three used to be the things people would use, right? It was like our one, two, three, four, five, right? Or zero, 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 right? They were things because people could remember them easily. And sadly, passwords are something that when we talk about what you guys mentioned, what 400 passwords or something, you have that many of them, you're constantly thinking, I need to be able to remember it. And that's actually the wrong way of thinking about passwords these days. I think that would be my first tip is don't be thinking about passwords as let me think of something I can remember easy. Mm-hmm. You got to think of passwords as there needs to be something that no one else is going to be able to guess easily. And if that means you're having to change constantly, or if you are writing it down, I know there was always this big discussion of, gosh, don't write it down. Someone can break into your house and steal all your passwords. Okay. People breaking into your house, they're not looking for a piece of paper, right? You know, mm-hmm. so I think you could even write that down if you needed to use a password manager. But what do you guys have as some tips of, you know, how to create good passwords? I mean, do you guys have like your system? Do you want to give us your passwords, Alan? You want to tell us, you know, what your favorite password is that we can yeah, try? Yeah, I'll, I'll just go ahead and read out the four that I use over and over <laughs> again. That's okay with everybody. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, you know, I, I, I was... I honestly, I'm, I'm guilty of for the longest time I had a variation on like five different phrases with different characters. And I just kind of would pick between the five and vary up a couple of the characters. And they were all of a, somewhat of a variation on each other, which is not ideal, but that was back when I was saying in my brain, I have to somehow remember these. Remember it. Exactly. Um, with the advent of a lot of tools, and I know we're going to talk about password managers here in a little bit. It's kind of the idea there too. I, I think, as the advent of those things happen and, and me being a Mac user and they've been pretty good about building in some ways to store your passwords for you and create really strong passwords that they store for you. I've, I've been using that more than not um, for the most case, but there are some drawbacks there. I'll, I'll mention in a minute that kind so, of hang so me up you, a little bit on that. For the most part, you're not creating your own passwords. You're letting a, password manager Most, create it for you and then save it for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's where I'm at. All the new ones I've been creating over probably the past year have been that way. Okay. I've still got some systems that are some old variations on passwords I've used for years, but I try to, whenever they force me to make a change on it, to update it, I try to start using the, Hey, go ahead and create a random password for me of 16 odd characters. I'll never remember it. Mm-hmm. And then I just need, it's on me to how to, how to save it in a password manager type program. So I never have to remember it. There's some problems with this though. Uh, I want to hear Mike's Mike's take on it too, but there's, there's a problem I want to mention really quick for me that holds me back from being a hundred percent completely happy on board with this process is that I still have, there are a few apps and I use like, for example, my banking app. Okay. My personal banking app um, does not integrate with, the password manager built in to my Mac and uh, iPhone system. So in other words, I could have this cryptic 16 character uh, password, but it will not automatically feed into my banking app. When I try to log in, I still have to manually type in my username and password. So that is one where I have 
using a password that I can yeah. somewhat remember because I log into it every couple of days and I, I need to do that and trying to pull up a cryptic one is tough. I wish all the apps would all tie in to using the same password management system because then I truly wouldn't have to remember any of them and know that I've got very secure ones, but uh, that's not the case yet. We're not quite there yet. I'm, a, so. I'm with you. Mike, what's your take yeah. on things here? You Nothing know? new to add is that I think in the last year I've been letting my app, my password manager basically, you know, su- suggest a super strong password. And I, I think I'm going with 28 characters, so I'm never going to even mm-hmm. see it or know it. I just have to know the one password, but Alan's exactly right is I, I still run some pretty old software that just whatever it is, whether it's my, you know, whether it taps into your iCloud keychain on the Mac or whether there's some other, you know, API or something that links your password manager to that software. I've just got software that's just old enough that it says, you know, sorry, I can't do it. And so I'm still stuck with, you know, with something that I've been using, frankly, for way too long. Right. So for over 10 years, because that's an app that I use, you know, every, every couple of days. So yeah, it's definitely a, a balancing act, but where I can upgrade, right, where I can improve things, I do. And I, I just want to point out that certainly the the browsers now, because so much of what we're doing online isn't via a web browser, you know, your browsers are sort of acting as password managers. So I know both Safari and Chrome will suggest, well, you know, do you want to use this strong password? And for a while, I think I was just being lazy and saying, yeah, sure, go ahead. But then you're kind of locked into that browser and you're also, you know, let's, let's be really honest about it. You're also giving that information to a third party and whether or not you trust Apple, Google, Firefox or whatever is another issue, but you are letting some other party uh, that may or may not have commercial intentions or whatever have access to all that information. That's a, you know, that's a personal philosophy kind of thing that people need to work through, you know, just hitting yes, Chrome, please fill this in for me and save it for me. Well, you know, Google owns a lot of different properties and makes a lot of money and people and how do we actually know that letting Google set your passwords for you is always going to be in your best interest? It's true. It's very true. Right. Yeah. Right. It's it's tough. Uh so 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 you, you know, you guys, if we're yeah, break right. Yeah, I was going to say why don't you why don't you guys both since you're using password managers First of all, maybe uh, tell me tell me where I'm wrong here. So uh, a password manager is going to be an application that's going to create and store your passwords for any different site, right? So, okay, I, I, I bank with Wells Fargo. When I go to Wells Fargo, I set up, uh, you know, my, my password manager sets up a really complicated password, stores it with Wells Fargo, uh, or stores it on the manager for Wells Fargo. So when I go to Wells Fargo, it fills it in. And all I have to remember is one password. So give me the the common common uh, question people have is, well, what if they just steal that one password? Right. Mm-hmm. So is that is that a requirement when you have a password manager to have a ridiculously long, crazy good password that that's just one that you need to remember. And if you can remember that one really long, crazy password, then it's, it's good. Well, yes. Uh, so right. If I have to only remember one, I'll make it something ridiculous, but that I can remember. Yeah. And that includes all the yeah. special characters, but the, you know, the more modern password managers also do two factor authentication. So mm-hmm. while you can say, okay, I'm going to be logged in for the next 
you know, 24 hours. I don't want to have to authenticate every time I log into something. Those things can be automated with the password manager, but there almost always is a, a you know, so I'm going to probably uh, recommend Bit Bitwarden for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, it, it supports Duo, Brian. So we talked about Pacific University and everybody has to use Duo, which is a, a multi-factor authenticator that you use on your mobile device. So I can basically have, for all of my websites, I could use Duo with Bitwarden to to double authenticate if I, if I'm really concerned about it. Um, and you know, the fact that that's on your phone that uses your face or your thumbprint or a special pattern or whatever, that's, that's like a triple layer really. Yeah. And Alan, you're using a, what, 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 uh, product are you using? I, I, I am on the Safari. I'm on the uh, Safari built in, uh, uh, password manager right now because everything I do web wise is on Safari. I actually have, uh, when I use Google Chrome for some other work, it's actually for completely different siloed activities. And so there's really no, I never really need to commingle the passwords between the two. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was hesitant at first because I mean, I'm still, I, I may be an Apple fanboy, but I still don't, not crazy about the idea of Apple managing all my passwords. Right. But I took the path of least resistance, quite honestly. And uh, yeah. I think the fact that there's still two or three apps that I use that don't tie into any password managers, even the Apple one, is what's keeping me from holding me back from just going all in on a true dedicated password manager to make everything yeah. work. Yeah. So again, I think what what when what Alan's talking about with Safari is really the the whole underlying Apple ecosystem for the i what is it the iCloud keychain. Which is that yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't, which is actually a brilliant feature that is pretty unheralded in the in the Mac world. So you know, if you're all in on the Mac, you've got a a, a laptop, an iPad, a phone, um, and and you do use Safari. It you know it's going to store all of your passwords encrypted, and Apple says, "Well, we don't look at it." And you know those are available to you everywhere if you're logged in on that device, which yeah. I think is you know there you go. That's a level of security that's free that a lot of people don't know about, and you just got to you know, spend 10 minutes on YouTube to learn how to turn it on and tweak it so that it, it kind of fits your level of paranoia in my case, uh, you know, to make sure that it's, it's kind of dialed in, but it's, it literally is 10, 15 minutes of your life to, to get the iCloud keychain fired up. If you're, if you're all in on Apple. Yeah. And I, well, and I'm a, I'm a big believer too, is I want to have all my passwords available to me on my phone and my iPad as well. So knowing that I could actually, I actually have, there's a way to pull up your passwords and search for a certain password on a certain website within your phone. And it's all synced up with my computer and everywhere else. So it's worked for me. Again, I, I'm not saying it's the best solution because I still think a dedicated password manager with a two-factor authentication on that main password is really probably the the standard I think we ought to be shooting for. But uh, from a simplicity standpoint, if you're a Mac or Apple user, yes. yeah. it is kind of nice using the built-in one. And I mean, I, I feel, I feel, I feel reasonably secure and confident with yeah. it. Yeah. Right I mean, it's the cover story on this month's Mac world. So it's what it's March. Uh, and they're basically saying, look, if you're not going to go all in on a password manager, learn how to use the iCloud keychain for, you know, it's, it's free password manager and yeah. and you know they That's they're doing their homework they, it's pretty robust and apple if they even got to it and wanted it it would it would be encrypted where they couldn't technically crack it mm-hmm. right right yeah true true yeah what about you brian what are you what are you no using? i'm i mean i am using uh legal pad iCloud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> legal. 
Post, yep. post it notes. There's a, there's a dictionary <laughs> that's up on the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, no, you know, I, uh, I, I will say I used a password manager for a while and actually paid for one. Uh, I think I was using uh, LastPass for a while. Um, but then I also found that I was using the iCloud keychain uh, to store those as well. My wife and I would be able to have access to both, you know, because we're both on the same iCloud. And so all of that seemed to make sense. So that's where I am now. Uh, and, I, and I will say my password uh, selection, I'm not very good at saying, please do create a password for me. Because I also still gain access to other computers. And I get nervous, right? I get nervous that I'm going to be at, at work and be on a different computer uh, you know, maybe within a um, within a classroom or something, and need to access one of those, which doesn't have access to my iCloud keychain, and then I'm stuck. So I'm I'm always nervous about saying yes. Go ahead and pick a really strong password for me. I'm more of I'm going to try to create another really long password, and I just want you to remember it, right? So if I have to cycle through my five or six that I'm remembering, but uh, but no, my password game is not that great, uh, and it's something I'm definitely having to rethink. Uh, but I do turn on two-factor anytime that it asks me to. I don't mind two-factor. You know, um, another, you know, kind of important thing to keep in mind, you know, there's a, a lot of people that will think that two-factor just means, okay, that's absolutely secure. But if you're getting two-factor authentication and telling it to send you a text message, okay, which is an option for most people, okay, here's a code we're sending to your mobile do you realize that there's also some security, some security flaws there too, right? That's easy for someone to then intercept, right? There are all sorts of, you know, um, uh, you know, people that have the ability to intercept things through the mobile, uh, whether it's through, uh, um, you know, scanning your SIM card or something like that. There's lots of those uh, scams going on now. So be, be aware of that, that that's somewhat easy to intercept. It's actually a little easier to say, and it stinks from your end, but no, call me, right? And then you pick up your mm-hmm. phone, you hear the, hey, your code is 4525, whatever, and you enter that code in. But uh, for me, I think those things, they're a hassle, but you absolutely, you know, the the benefit is uh, far outweighs the hassle uh, by having that extra layer of security. So, Brian, would you think- so I'm, I'm doing the iCloud. Would yeah. you think that the email option is is just as sort of low end as the text option? I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I would certainly think so. I know there's a big kind of push away from the the, the text option. Uh, I think for a lot of reasons, just because you know that's going through um, ways that can get intercepted pretty easily. I would imagine email is even easier, right? I mean, if you think about it, if that person is if it's two factor and that person has stolen your email address and password, and now your second authentication is to go to that same email address they already have seems like now of course they have to have the password for that email account but again how many times is you know, your email to me it open, feels right? like yeah it feels like that's the that's that's a a killer so so i think you know i think what you guys are suggesting sounds really good is if you can if you one you can afford or are built into an ecosystem for a password manager understand how they work mm-hmm. learn how to set them up right buy into it right to go ahead and say yes i'm going to let this create really tough passwords um, there's all sorts of little cool things. Like some of them will rotate your passwords every once in a while. I remember when I had one, it would say to me, Hey, by the way, you now have eight of your accounts that have the same password. 
change them, right? And it kind of encourages you to change them and says, oh, okay, I didn't realize that. Um, and I think that that's a, a really good feature to have if you buy in totally. Just do keep in mind what what devices do I use and can I get that password manager on all those devices? And if so, which is probably the case, they're all seem to be kind of multi-system use um, that I think it can be a really good thing and probably worth the, for many of them, what LastPass and uh, Dashlane and some of these others are maybe two, three dollars a month, you know, to, to do it for your security. Yeah, it's I way think too it's much, a Brian. Decent way, way to go. Way too much. Two bucks a month? Yes. Are you kidding Cheesecake me? Cheesecake Mike. Free? Okay. Cheesecake Mike is uh, back at it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a human right to have a password manager that doesn't cost you, right? <laughs> For somebody that's, that's I mean, in they, a way, they uh, eat on that a day. Come on. You're, you're, I mean, you're not wrong. I know. Actually, it should we, be, it, it should, should be, be free to everyone. It really should. And yes. that's, that's, but yeah. you're right. I mean, you're right. It is for what you're getting. Well, that's what, that's what Apple's, Apple, that's, that's what, what Apple's doing, right. I guess. Right. right? Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. Sure. But well, Brian, I can't stress enough what you just said. Uh, you know, for people who use multiple devices, you really need to research that password manager and make sure it's going to work across your devices because I've, I've actually had to counsel someone who had a great password manager. They bought, bought an app, they put it on their computer and then they realized, uh, Oh, wait a minute. Now I'm on my phone and I'm having to log into the same websites and I, I, I don't have it. And it was, uh, for a, like an Android device. And they, they, there wasn't a version of the password manager that they use on their desktop for the uh, mobile device. So it's like, well, you're stuck. Uh, fortunately you have to remember those 16 or 24 char- character, uh, passwords or look them up on your computer just to key in your phone so really if you're a multiple device user you need to find a password manager if you want to go that route that will work across all of them on the mac the apple built-in one is good i like it um you're still giving everything over to apple but if you trust the security level there at least it's all synced up and as long as you're on the same icloud account on your multiple devices it will let you pull in all your passwords from from each other uh, outside of that, I, I heard you guys. LastPass is one that I think everybody knows about or hears about. Uh, pretty probably much the most right? popular probably the, branded, probably one, the right? oldest, most successful. But they've yeah. fallen out of favor lately. I have a, a, yeah. a note on LastPass. I think you know they're over fifteen years old, um, and you know definitely came out strong with a good product. But they just like so. Here we are. We're in the what? We're in late March, early April, and just in March, just in March of twenty twenty one, LastPass totally cut back on what you got for free, uh, totally cut back on the mobile, right. On mobile support. Mm. Um, and basically created that, you know, we see that with a lot of products, like I'm a big Evernote user and they kind of get you in there with a really good free product and you're cruising right along. And then suddenly it's like, well, by the way, we need to make money. So we're going to limit you to two devices at a time. We're going to limit the number of passwords you can store or the number of devices that have access to your passwords. And so LastPass is kind of making that gamble right now, which is we're going to go for paying customers and we're going to either force our free users into the paying bin or they got to go somewhere else. So that's kind of what the hubbub is now. And that actually, I haven't used LastPass in a while, but I was an early adopter and then just kind of fell out of favor with it. Just kind of kind of stopped using it for a lot of the reasons Brian's talking about, like it wasn't on the the computers that I was teaching from and those kind of things. So, but I am a new adopter of, of Bitwarden and I, I okay. so far so good, right? So far so good. All right. Nice. Nice. Does Bitwarden uh is it what what all platforms it So it's on? it's pretty no. much everything. So I've got it on all my Macs. It supports Android, it supports Windows. Uh, I've got it on my okay, my great. Apple mobile devices. 
And I think the only weak spot that I can tell, and I actually haven't tested this on every piece of software, but I've got some specialized pieces of software, particularly in the web development world, but also in some of my personal finances and stuff like that. And you know, I just don't feel the need to update them because they've always worked. And and I, I'm not 100% sure that Bitwarden's going to go in and and put in those passwords for me for for some of those older apps or more esoteric apps. Sure. But on the Mac, well, on all the Apple, you know, you've got a you've got a mobile app, you've got a desktop app, and you've got a browser extension for Firefox, Chrome, Safari, and Opera. Nice. Um, and those have been great. Uh, and again, one of the things that you don't get with the iCloud keychain that you get with something like Bitwarden is some of these features like Brian was talking about is it's basically going to give you a, a risk assessment. It's like, you know, we're seeing a lot of, co- a lot of similar combinations, a lot of similar characters in your passwords. We see, you know, 10% of your passwords are inc- incredibly weak. Um, the other thing that I think is great that you don't get from iCloud keychain is that it's actually, uh, and you know, LastPass did this too. And I think uh, Dashlane is they're actually out there scanning the deep web to see who's been hacked. Right. And they're like, yep. you, you've yep. got a password yeah. out there on, you know, on this Reddit board or whatever. And that was recently hacked. You need to go change that now. And I think that's a nice feature because you can just go, you know, give me my, nice. give me my risk assessment. It kind of gives you a little a rating scale. I, th- I think those kind of features are, are well, good, nice. good peace of mind. Mm-hmm. I also just happen to note that Chrome has started doing that in the last month is telling me that I've got passwords that belong to organizations that have had uh, security uh, been hacked. blimps. Mm-hmm. So I will say, um, you're right. Chrome has started doing that. I noticed that I actually just in the last couple of weeks, I don't know if it was a recent update to Safari or not, but when I go into on my Mac on Safari and I go into my password manager, it will flag passwords. Now it doesn't give me a lot of information, nothing like bit, uh, like, uh, the ones you were mentioning, you Bitwarden or anything else. That sounds really enticing. I like that kind of analysis mm-hmm. of the passwords, but at least at the minimum right now, the Safari or Apple password manager says, you know, this password has appeared in a data leak, which puts this account at high risk of compromise and encourages you to go change I think it. That's great. That's, that's all it gives you. I, I, I wish I had more analysis. So I like the idea. So of again, if people are, if people are looking for something. a free option, uh, there's the website, have I been pwned, which sounds like a joke, yes. but it's real. Uh, have I been it's pwned? Real. And, um, you know, you don't have to give it any personal information. Well, you have to give it your email address, right? But it'll tell you, uh, you know where your uh, where you've got an account on places that have been hacked, yep. and I think yep. that's actually I use, I use that quite a bit actually. And, yep. I, and I think yep. they must have a relationship with is it one password or, or LastPass because they say hey you should you should invest in one of these pieces of software. Yeah, they've got a one one password connection where they'll tell you. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah, really really cool uh, website. If you haven't been to that before, it's kind of a it was an open source thing initially. A guy started and. But you can go in and put in a password, and it'll tell you how many times that password has been seen and used recently. But you can also go in and just put your email address and say, how many times have this email address been kind of hacked or or, or used? So, for example, I'm on there right now, actually, and I just put in password, the word password as the password. And it says, oh, no. Uh, this password has been seen 3,861,493 times before. <laughs> so obviously lots of people are using it, right? But you can go in and kind of, you know, and of course people are always concerned. They're like, well, wait a minute, why am I putting a password into a place, right. you know, that potentially could use my password? But so if, if people are looking for that, it's have I been P-W-N-E-D, 
So H-A-B-E-I-B-E-E-N-P-W, like password, N-E-D, like password owned, yes. right? Have I been pwned, Which is an old so email, the kids right? Yeah, right, yeah. from the old video. So I just did my email address, one of my email addresses, mm-hmm. and it says, oh, no, you've been pwned. Uh, eight data breaches and found one paste. Uh, subscribe to sense uh, to search sensitive breaches. So I'm assuming a paste is a little worse than being found in data breaches, but um, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I have I pulled my per- I pulled one of my personal email addresses and it says yeah in five data breaches and found no paste. Yeah, so I so, assume that's yeah Dropbox. Okay, but anyway, right? so apparently it's my, saying, yeah Dropbox yeah. gave up my email apparently uh, back in oh, 2016. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yep. Yeah, I yep. think my personal one was attached to that as well, so that would have been it. Okay, that's interesting. If nothing else, this whole discussion about passwords, other than making me extremely paranoid <laughs> and now nervous about my passwords, um, the fact that I now know the website, have I been pwned, pwned, yes. pwned.com, really, is, really, uh, really cool. Yeah, it's helpful. That was enough of a value for this episode, yeah. all in itself. Well, and, well, again, I'll tell also, you that. That's, that's something I've sent to my mother-in-law. I've sent to in-laws who kind of get a little bit, they're still, they're not, they're not going to do a password manager, right? They're not to that point, right? They're the ones who write down passwords in a book and, you know, we'll kind of try to remember those. So obviously they're trying to, to use things, but I'll tell them, Hey, if, before you create one, go in there and put it in. Or if you, if you're planning on using one, go in there and at least check your email address and then check the password you were thinking of using just to give yourself a peace of mind, you know, that that's not one that's being spread out all over the place. So, yeah. And also it does give you some good tips right below. It says, all right, step one, this is what you do. Step two, you know, enable tooth factor authentication, step three, you know, so it, it does try to try to help you uh, kind of do a better job with your password. So, yeah. Well, that's great. I think we've given some good uh, yeah. advice and overview of passwords. I mean, they are a necessary evil. I know, uh, again, it's not our favorite part of the day, having to remember or enter or uh, keep uh, trying to retype in passwords. But as we've talked about, it is more and more important. I mean, the more sophisticated our passwords get, the more sophisticated the hackers get. So it's just going to be a constant game of upping our password game to make sure we're protected. Um, I feel moderately comfortable as much as I am annoyed by two-factor authentication. Sometimes I know that there's at least a peace of mind with me that I feel like it's at least a secure way tied to my fingerprint. I use uh, the thing thumbprint fingerprint on my MacBook exclusively to kind of validate my passwords whenever I enter them in and uh, feel really good about that. That that seems like um, that extra layer on top of that, I think is a, is worth it is worth the hassle at times. So but a password manager does sound like a really good option for those that have a lot of passwords and want to keep track of them. Uh, but also keep in mind that that password manager, you need to add some security to it too, because you don't want to lose that one, that one password yeah. uh, that gives you access to everything. So uh, yeah. it's a tough world out there and we're sorry about that, but uh, it is important to kind of keep those passwords yeah. up to date. It's Brian's fault. Uh, it is yeah, Brian's well, fault. Blame Brian. Yeah. For I, every- I take it. <laughs> I take it. <laughs> Probably like, yeah, my bad. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> All right. Well, if yeah. anybody has any thoughts or kind of feedback or other uh, ideas on passwords or just online management of your own personal security, uh, Brian, how do they uh, how do they reach out to us and let us know? Well, send us send us an email at info at the mesh.tv. 
uh, our password is one, two, three, four, five. And, uh, so <laughs> very secure. Um, no, send us an email, tell us, uh, tell us what kind of tips you might have, and we can pass those along to, uh, to the listeners. And, uh, as Alan mentioned in our previous episode and our, uh, upcoming brothers in tech website, which will give some, some tips and, uh, allow you to, uh, to, to get some back information from, uh, from our episodes. So uh, send us info at the mesh.tv and uh, tell us what, uh, tell us what you're into. So. Yeah, very cool. Well, listen uh, again, thanks for joining us today to our special guest, Mike. So Mike, uh, again, I, I, Brian, I don't know if I'm stepping outside of my bounds here by inviting him again to a future episode, oh, but well, usually, <laughs> usually you and I will chat about this, Alan, before you, I know, but, I'm, I'm, going, here, but yeah. I'm going outside of protocol here and I'm going to go right. ahead and extend right. the invitation. Mike, <laughs> if you'd like to join us for our next episode, uh, we would absolutely love to have you. Well, you're too kind, um, too kind. Yeah. Do we call your, we my, call your assistant check my booker. and uh, yeah. have them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll book yeah. with that. Send the Bitcoin over and, and uh, we'll get started. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Yeah. We actually need to talk about Bitcoin in a future episode. Not, yeah. next not week, the one I'm doing. At some point in the future. No, 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 no clues. At some point in the future. But that is something. I have some to learn about it as well. That is Ooh, something the kids, are, the kids are doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The kids are doing it. I do not understand. But both my boys are investing in Bitcoin right now. Holy I have cow. no idea what they're doing. So, oh, yeah. geez. Yeah. All right. We're going to wrap it up. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.tv. Alan Jackson, Brian Jackson. And uh, Mike Arachi with you. And uh, thanks for everybody listening. And we'll look forward to talking to you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.